Welcome back. You're listening to Today Islam. We're broadcasting almost live all the way from Somerville, New Jersey. And I'm going to do it again. Salam alaikum. I like this guy. He goes all the way with it. Wa alaikum salam rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you too. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We're talking about today the some proofs in the, in the difference between history and his story. And when we talk about that, there's some very interesting things that have occurred over the centuries that people have a tendency to kind of overlook, just look the other way, just forget about that. People want to say something until you begin to bring proof, and then suddenly they say, oh, 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 I'm busy right now. I, uh, no, I don't have time for that. So this is very dangerous because it means somebody already has their mind made up and they don't really want to know the truth. For me, I'm a Muslim, alhamdulillah, but I'm ready to hear anything about Islam from somebody that's not a Muslim. If they've got a proof, tell me. Tell me. Or any subject. But bring proof. Don't bring opinions. Don't bring he said, she said. So, I think it's good for us to move on to another topic and think about this. In America, we're by the way, always right. Have you ever read any history books printed in America that ever said that America was wrong? That's pretty amazing if you consider that for over 200 years we've never made any real mistakes. That's fantastic. We've never done anything wrong to anybody any time, have we? According to our, his story, we're pretty great guys, aren't we? According to us, but that's circular logic, isn't it? If you have any doubt, just ask me and I'll tell you. Well, how do I know you're telling the truth? Because I never lie. Just ask me and I'll show you. Go ahead, ask me. Are you telling the truth? Yes. Oh, okay. Duh. Super duh. Anyhow. <laughs> how many of you ever heard of the Maine? The Maine. You know what I'm talking about? There was a ship that sunk... And then they said, remember the main. Got it? Remember the main. I happened to visit an article on the internet about the main, and it said that in reality they think it just kind of sunk on its own. It was an old ship, and it sunk. But they made it out to be that some other country had terrorized it. I like to use that word, you know seem to be popular word and they sunk it so now we have to go destroy those people and remember the main how many of you ever heard of this story no oh well send me an email I'll send you the link you can read it for yourself read it for yourself and think about it then while we're at it how many of you know something about Pearl Harbor Pearl Harbor what year 1941 yeah what day December the 7th. What happened on December the 7th? The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Where's Pearl Harbor? Hawaii. By the way, one of the things I like to do is uh, have fun. So I'm going to tell you that some people especially certain European countries or some Asian countries, they transpose the V and the W. 
what we call the Volkswagen over here. If you go to Germany, it's called a Volkswagen. Did you know that? Vol Volkswagen is Volkswagen. Das ist gut, ja? Sehr gut. And so, if you go to Pakistan, you will find many people there, they pronounce the W and the W, <laughs> the V and the W backwards. Is that true? Well, of course. So, there was occasion that uh, a couple got married and they wanted to go to Hawaii. And on the way, the, the husband was saying, I can't wait to go to Hawaii. And the wife said, it's Hawaii. He said, no, Hawaii. She said, Hawaii. And all the way over, they're arguing. So when they got there and they step off the plane, they have, the, you know, the girls are there. They put this lei around your neck, the big, uh, like laurel or something, they, the, uh, garland or something. They put it over your neck and they greet you and all. They, the people, as soon as they step off, they want to put this on him. He said, never mind that. He said, just one thing. Settle an argument between me and my wife. He said, what is it? He said, is it Hawaii or Hawaii? She said, Hawaii. He said, thank you. She said, you're welcome. <laughs> but what did happen in Hawaii? What took place in Pearl Harbor? And how come we weren't ready for that? Well, it wasn't until many years later that they discovered that, in fact, the intelligence gathering sources for the United States of America, in fact, did know that that was going to take place. They had at least advance notice by a week. At least by one week. Now, it may have been more, but the evidence says at least one week. This is a document which is public knowledge. And nobody can deny it. Although I've had people even jump on the stage and say, it's not true. And say, hey, this is public knowledge. I live in Washington, D.C. by the Smithsonian Institute, by the Capitol, by the, you know, White House. I know where the buildings are. I know where these people are and what they're doing. I mean, this is the, please excuse me, but it's also in the Washington Post. So it's true that they had the information. It was alleged early on, by the way, by certain people who said that Roosevelt did know about it. Roosevelt was the president in those days. And they said that Roosevelt wanted the war to take place. They were his enemies, obviously trying to make something against him, and I can understand their point of view, trying to say something. But it is interesting to note a couple of points. We had already been through a war called the War to End All Wars. It was not called World War I. You know why? Because there hadn't been a World War II. It was just called the war to end all wars. We'd already been through that, and nobody in the United States was ready to go through it again. We lost too many of our boys. But our country was in a, a, a real bad depression. Our, the depression had been going on since 1929. And by 1941, which is 12 years, we had suffered through a, an economic disaster unbelievable. Never matched in the history of the United States except at Jamestown. Okay? And they know you can make a lot of money out of wars. And you can also raise taxes and nobody's going to say anything. You can get people to work for free and they can't say anything about it. Right? So in any case, this incident that took place in Pearl Harbor forced us to go into the second war to end all wars, now known as World War II. But before that, we would not join the so-called allies because we weren't going to get involved. 
But once we'd been bombed, hey, now we're ready to kill anybody, especially if his eyes don't look right to us anymore. And they gathered up all the people in this country who were Oriental and put them in camps for years. And I gave this same talk I'm giving to you right now a few months ago in a building right next to my building in Falls Church, Virginia. They have condos over there. And this lady and her husband, very old people, came up to me. And they were Christian, very nice. And they said, you know something? We're so happy that you gave that talk tonight. I said, what? Why? She said, because I'm one of those people who was born in this country. And as a teenager, they picked me and my family up from the streets and put us in this camp, and we spent those years there and never knew what we had done. We didn't understand why they were doing this to us. And as a kid, she said, I couldn't understand my own country doing something to me like that. And it kind of made me cry because I realized that, you know, through the eyes of this little girl at that time, she couldn't figure out what's going on. What did I do? What have I done? What's my crime? Crime is what? Well, you're just in the way when somebody wants to have a war, that's all. And hatred. There was so much hatred. I'm going to tell you something. I remember, because I'm an old guy. (laughs) I remember that in the 50s and even into the 60s, we used to make fun of anything made in Japan. And by the 70s in our music business, they wanted us to begin to handle the piano and organ line called Yamaha. And we laughed at them. We told them, there's no possible way we're going to carry that Japanese junk. But by the way, Yamaha, and I'm not doing commercials for pianists because I don't do music anymore, but still, Yamaha is one of the very finest and best built on the market. And they were in the business, not motorcycle business, they were first in the music business. In 1886, Yamaha had made tuning forks. They owned a foundry. One of the key things to making something is to own the foundry. That makes you the boss because your competition has to buy raw material from you. And on the side of all these motorcycles is the emblem of Yamaha. Go look at it. It's three cross tuning forks because that's what they used to make. That they were forced into the military at the time they went into war and they had to make military motorcycles. Now, that was from their side, not our side, of course. So these are just small little pieces of information that when you put them together, it helps you to draw a little bit better picture of what's going on in the world. Because truly, the more you know of facts, the more you can make your own decision of what's going on. And one of the worst things is to be misled by a group who just come out hollering and screaming, these guys are bad, let's go kill them all. Now, I'm going to move forward a little bit. I'm going to leave the subject of World War I alone, World War II alone. I want to move forward a little bit more. And, and I want us to think about something. That when we, and I say we meaning what? We're a group, okay? We're here in Somerville. And let's say that another group up the road at Lawrenceville, New Jersey, wants to have a basketball competition or a soccer ball. I think everybody here likes soccer, right? Football, yeah, okay. So you want to have competition, and we're going to play against them. So it's us against them, right? Now, if they win, we're going to be pretty upset, aren't we? Regardless of everything else, we're going to be upset. We're going to blame ourselves and blame our team, and but we're going to blame them too. They cheated. The referee was in their favor. I could see in his eye he liked them. Maybe their cheerleaders were too pretty, and he was distracted. I don't know, but I'm not happy. We lost. 
So us against them. On the other side, if we win, it's still us against them. We beat those suckers in the ground. So this starts out something that looks like fun, but it can get to another level, to another level, to another level. But as long as you're saying us and them, you've got a problem. For the Europeans, especially those from the British Kingdom, called BK, one of their problems was that they always liked to use the color of the skin, white. If you have white skin, or as we say, if you're white, you're right. But as a Muslim, the first thing we do is forget about color. I became colorblind when I came into Islam. There is no such thing anymore to me. When we say, uh, did you see Abdullah? Which Abdullah are you talking about? The black one from Sudan. Okay. Because he's really, really black. So that's why we call him that. The black one. But we have no meaning other than that. By his color, that's it. But in the times when people are having these prejudices, the color connotation brings up something else to go with it. It means that, oh, he's the black. Ah, because why... And I heard, when I was in school, they told us that black people came from monkeys, just like other people. This is one of the things that they teach, you know. Came from monkeys, and they were still more related to the apes and monkeys, and that their skulls are much thicker than the skulls of the white people. And they even tried to bring examples of it. And guess what? They were lying. It wasn't true. But it gave a good excuse, didn't it, to enslave a lot of those people. And by the way, how many of you know that some of the very first slaves in this country were actually Muslims from Africa? Muslims from Africa. Some of them were indigenous religion as well. But they weren't Christians until after they got here and were forced into it. How many of you know that? It's true. Because not only that, but they have found graves of these slaves and they found their Quran in the graves with them. The early, early ones that they brought over wanted to separate them from their families immediately because they know that that's the way to break the religion up. Separate them. And they used to cut the tongues out of the mothers so they couldn't teach the Quran to the children. Not all of them, but that's, this did happen. It's known. Now, you look at me real close and notice that I'm not black, okay? So I'm not prejudiced and I'm not saying this about old whitey. Because that's one of the things that people will say. Oh, you're just making that up because you're black and you've got a roots thing going on in your head. I'm stating it as a fact. That's the way it was. Some of the peace, people today that we hold in high veneration and think of them as being so great and wonderful and freedom lovers owned slaves. How many of you know that George Washington owned over 40 slaves? Nobody says anything about it. It's not mentioned like a, a, a big deal in, when we talk about slavery, is it? That's not mentioned. That the early signers of the Declaration of Independence, many of them had slaves. So? So what? There's even one that they allege that his affair with one of his own slaves produced a child. And I don't need to get into that. I'm just saying that this is documented fact, that they claim that anyway. They wouldn't claim it if he didn't have a slave. I mean, it's obvious he had a slave. That was my point, not to bring any disparage on him for whatever he might or might not have done. 
But the point here is that when we look at people that suddenly all, they become all pure and, and beautiful because they're white or because they're American. And how about this? How many of you think Abraham Lincoln started the war against the South for slavery to break up slavery and give independence and freedom to black people? Is that what they tell us in the school? Yes or no? It's what they teach us. But the real professors of history got fed up teaching what they know is wrong. And they, and they talk about this. The professors of history who know real history have complained that what's being produced in these books doesn't match the true facts. One of them, there are actually several now, but one of them broke the ice and he produced a book called The Lies My Teacher Told Me. You can get it at any Barnes & Noble or any bookstop. Read the book for yourself and see these facts that I'm telling you now. Because when you stop and think about it, and he mentions this subject about uh, these politicians and what they did, and in one case is the statement from Abraham Lincoln that he said he was all for freeing these Negro slaves. And that's what they quote. They don't mention that there's a comma there and it continued the rest of his diary. It says, and what? And sent them back to where they came from. Oops. Oops. Oh, well, we don't need that in there. Just throw that out. That's a problem. And it's not right for us to take half of a story and accept that as truth. When there's more to it, you should know all of it. And with that in mind, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Day Islam. We're broadcasting almost live all the way from Somerset County in Somerville, New Jersey at the Muslim Center. <laughs> 